And he's funny. Time for the show. We live in a divided world, divided religiously, politically, and economically. Oftentimes in our world, we want to run away from tough conversations that divide us about grief, pain, and loss. We want to avoid topics like shame, guilt, and pride. We'd rather escape to our phones instead of engaging in real conversations. I know this because I do this. So I created the Winter Faith Podcast. The Winter Faith Podcast is focused on creating conversations to promote spiritual and emotional growth through faith, apathy, and everything in between. So let's talk to each other. Yet more importantly, let's listen to each other. Let's continue the conversation. My name is Andy, and I have Winter Faith. Today's interview is with Justin Lewis. Justin is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Paducah, Kentucky. He loves to ride his bike to support his mental health. Uh, We talk about social media and mental health and the coronavirus and taking care of yourself. And we um, also talk about his own podcast, which is a uh, podcast called Mapping Healthy Minds. I highly recommend it. It's an excellent podcast where... He dives into mental health, he dives into anxiety, he dives into uh, recovery, just all sorts of issues. He has guests, some of them are solo episodes. He talks to um, some of the professors and friends and other therapists that he works with. He works for Compass Counseling in Paducah, Kentucky. Justin just has a great way of explaining things, very detailed, very specific, and also just enjoyable to listen to. So um, just check out his own podcast, his own work. I think you'd really get something out of it. I really wanted to do an issue or a a podcast this week talking about Black Lives Matter, talking about my own whiteness and and what I can do um, to help speak out for black voices. But I really wanted to have a really solid episode, not saying that this isn't a solid episode, but I really wanted to take my time and have a very um, thoughtful episode. I didn't want to rush um, any episode where I I do talk about race and racism and the systemic racism uh, that we have and the police brutality that we have in this country. So um, look forward to that episode, but it'll be um, probably sometime in the future, not this. But uh, just uh, sit back and enjoy Justin Lewis. Thanks. Welcome to the show today. I'm with my friend Justin Lewis, who uh, we both went to uh, grad school together in Memphis. And currently, Justin is a uh, licensed marriage family therapist in Kentucky. We have a few mutual friends there as well. And he also hosts a podcast called the Mapping Healthy Minds podcast, which is on season three. And I believe you guys have done one or two episodes for season three so far, correct? Yeah, I just started, I was doing the kind of the season format and then I just kind of started just churning out episodes. I had a little bit 
more time actually with the, the COVID crisis. And I was like, I'm just going to um, pump them out. So I've just been kind of putting out a weekly episode here for a couple months or so. So I don't know if the season format is going to continue or I'm just going to put out episodes, but whatever right. it's out there, Spotify, it's a- pod- Apple podcast. Yeah, Spotify and Apple is what is what I use, and then um, yeah, I usually listen to yours on on Spotify. So yeah, I, I enjoy listening to you be the host. But today you're I'm gonna be the host, so I'm gonna <laughs> so great. Yeah, I'm gonna try to make it make life easy for you. And I know you get to you know you get to interview people a lot. You get to interview like your colleagues. I believe you interviewed your wife on one show too, right? I did. I, yeah, that was my. Uh, my first my other podcast but uh, okay. yeah got it that one but, yeah. so yeah i i really have enjoyed listening to it i think there's a lot of just really good content that you put out plus i just i mean i have a couple other friends that have podcasts i like listening to people that i know you know yeah. talk like if if uh if you had a podcast on like probably most subjects I would listen to what you have to say, <laughs> which is kind of interesting because um, we have a mutual friend, Bob Turner, who I think would be amazing if he did his own podcast too. Oh my and, goodness. Um, yeah. So we both know him and, um, you know, we were in Memphis all at the same time. And yeah, I just really enjoy hearing, I think, thoughtful people um, speak about things. So no pressure. <laughs> Just be thoughtful okay. and, you know. No problem. Just be yeah. myself. That's yeah, right. that's right. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on also. That's quite an honor to make it to Winter Faith. So I've conquered. Yeah. You've, podcast you've, world, really. You've achieved a lot. <laughs> I mean, I know you're licensed for counseling. That's good. But this is really what you're shooting. This is it. This is where so, so you did um, recently do an episode about um, kind of dealing with mental health in COVID-19. I think originally... I was gonna um, ask you more about kind of winter faith journey, but one of my um, big beliefs is that um, we can only be as mature spiritually as we are emotionally healthy. Um, that's something I've picked up from somebody else too, but I really, I think about my own faith journey and mental health or emotional health or emotional intelligence, whatever, I kind of group those things together. I don't know if you do, but. Just Mm -hmm. that those, your well-being emotionally, I kind of grew up thinking, well, that's one part of my life, but like my spiritual life, that's more important. Um, And now I've really come to see like, man, those things are both, and there's other things too, physical health too, but, but yeah, those things are all really connected. And so when I, when I heard you, um, you know, I wanted to kind of talk about just what we can do and what you do to take care of yourself um, emotionally. And especially during this time when we're really isolated, I've, I've been feeling just more sad. I don't think I'm in like a, like state of depression, but definitely some sadness of just Mm -hmm. not getting, not being able to see my friends or I love going out and having coffee and not being able to sit in a coffee shop and, you know, yeah. just the, the right. little things that I like doing. Um, and so, you know, when you, when you think about kind of like the sadness or um, maybe even like full depression that people have during this, I mean, we're on, I don't know, week seven or eight of kind of all being isolated, like basically the whole country. I know there's some restrictions 
coming off, but for the most part, we've all been in for a while. So, yeah. Well, what thoughts you had about that? The first thing I, I want to comment on here is as far as the emotional intelligence yeah. piece of this, I uh, am all about that kind of stuff. I'm always thinking about my own stuff. I think it's real important for therapists to be as aware as they can about how they're going to connect with other people, um, how they're going to interact themselves, how people are going to be able to connect with them. So being real cognizant of how you interact with the world uh, is so valuable. And so I spent a lot, probably too much time thinking about that. But one thing I really encourage other people to do, um, whenever I heard you say sad, it made me think of this, was mm -hmm. to um, try to be as specific as you can. I think that helps mm -hmm. us identify. So sadness is some level of emotional intelligence, but I think being able to go below that and being able to say, I'm sad because of this. Well, what else? You know, what I heard you saying was like, you're disappointed. Like you were disappointed. Okay. We're missing out on some things and I'm not trying to make this a therapy session as much as I'm trying to just <laughs> no, say. No, that's good. That's teaching. Kind that's of, good. To kind of help you with that um, intelligence piece is to, to be able to see what is it exactly that I'm sad about. I mean, so, you can kind of say that just at the coffee piece, the coffee tr trips, the, you know, social interactions, but oh, I'm really disappointed. What do I do whenever I'm disappointed? How do I overcome disappointment? Um, okay. Kind of a, a little bit makes it more manageable i believe if we're able to be specific as we can and communicating that to other people which i do a lot of couples work so that's really where that specific communication of emotions can come into play but i think it's good to know that for ourselves as well i've you know kind of experienced the same sort of thing in a different way i was uh, thinking the other day i was like man i'm really just feeling frustrated it's like why am i so frustrated it's like well I don't know, I get, don't get to be around people. So then I, I kind of came to the same point where I was just like, I'm disappointed that I don't get to do this. You know, mm -hmm. I, feel, I feel like I'm missing out on something uh, because of this. So what are the things that I can do, you know, to try to, to make up for this? So that's sort of uh, more along the lines of that emotional intelligence um, aspect that you brought up that I would encourage you for and maybe any, any listeners to think about too. Right. So to be more specific with why you're feeling the same way and also be more specific with what exactly that feeling is. Because yeah, there's, there's like six core feelings, right? Something like that. Yeah. So, or, so yeah, you're skeptical of this. <laughs> I can tell from your, okay. But there's some like core, like core feelings, right? Sure. Yeah. Okay. And then there's, there's different theories on this, but you sure. Know, just, okay. All right. Those, hey, I want inside out. I mean, isn't that? <laughs> You're sad. You're sad. You to... um, okay. So scratch, scratch that. But um, Pixar. Is that the is that the, is that the is that the Pixar movie Inside Out? Yeah. No, wait, what is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, you got. I mean, you got it figured out then. It's big. It's big for our, you know, for our, our family. We reference, you know, yeah, like, quite a bit. Right. It's probably a good starting place. Maybe I can it, say it. It is way. a good. It's there's nothing. I, I have not seen it, but I'm sure that it teaches <laughs> some good lessons about the fact that there are many emotions to be in touch with. But well, um, just whatever that. Anyways. Yeah. Speaking. I, from I would say that um, just trying to be as specific and identify as closely as you can 
uh, what feeling you're experiencing. So yeah, I want to ask. So why? Yeah, why be specific? What does that? What does that do? Because I think I, just hearing you say that, I'm like, oh, that that makes sense. But why? Why does it make sense? I guess. <laughs> So I think if we're able to identify specifically what it is, there's a less of a question mark in our head. There's more of a identifying what we can do about it, um, the more specific we are about it. So I'm disappointed that I can't be around my friends. What, to what level can I? You know, like what part of that need can I feel right now? Instead of just walking down the street thinking, I feel sad. No, like being able to say I, I'm missing out on something. I feel a lack of connection to somebody. I feel disconnected to people that I would normally visit in the mornings to get coffee at their house. Oh, let's see, I can't really do that, but what can I do to try to compensate that that I'm missing out on? So anyways, I, I think there's value in <clears throat> being specific and and knowing the details of something, uh, just, you know, translate to anything really. Right. Sure. Yeah. It makes it more manageable, I think is what mm -hmm. I hear you saying. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So, um, I also grew up, I would say where like the church culture that I was in and, uh, I know we have people that listen that, that are not a part of church and that's fine too, but just think about like the community, neighborhood, family, church, whatever, how you were raised. Um, like, this is pretty generic, but like some people it's like to have feelings and specifically maybe to be sad or be disappointed or be frustrated or be angry is almost like, it's like a sin. Like mm -hmm. we've really, um, and I don't know if you personally grew up with that, but I feel like I was kind of, nobody like directly told me that. I don't think I had a Bible study that said that in Wednesday mm -hmm. night class, but I do think it was like, almost like kind of taught that way. What do you, is it like being a counselor? Yeah. Have you seen that? And, and then personally too? Well, let's see, kind of, if you think about what church culture is going to be as far as people attending, <laughs> which um, anyway, let's just stay away from what the attending thing means right now, but it's like, you want to present it as a positive time, right? Like, sure. Like you want, like, that's kind of the idea when you go somewhere is to be like, okay, we're having a positive experience. So right. I think obviously that part of it can just automatically translate of when I'm here, I'm supposed to feel good. So that, right. you know, the opposite of that is I'm not like, it's like not good to feel bad. So, um, you know, you're trying to increase, like encouragement is a big deal, you know, trying to say hi to everybody, whatever. So I think that kind of seeps into our consciousness of I'm supposed to feel good if I'm at church and then church translates to church, you know, church translates to Christian life and life, all that kind of thing. So um, encourage people to be happy there automatically makes it seem like we have to be happy, but I don't think that's true at all. And the, Thing that I go to a, a lot with people who, um, and I, I see all sorts of people in all sorts of walks of life and faith, mm -hmm. but many times people come to me and very much connected to their faith, and it's a big part of who they are and how they live their life. And so it would just be 
unwise for me to ignore that totally. And I do know that um, the Bible talks about when you are angry, right. then do this. And it really fits into my uh, cognitive behavioral approach completely because our feelings don't define who we are, but our behaviors dictate kind of who we are, right? And so if I feel a certain way, that's just a fact. It's really neither good nor bad. It's just the reality. My thoughts and my feelings are going to occur because I'm an emotional, spiritual human being. Uh, and then the behaviors, that's up to me, right? That's, that's kind of the um, place where I can say, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. And that's where the sin comes into place in the Christian faith, right? It's, I'm going to do this thing that's not pleasing or I'm going to do this thing that's valuable. And uh, so really, I really emphasize, and people struggle with this no matter what. They feel bad for feeling a certain way. It just compounds the issue. Right. So I really like teach that, hey, you're going to feel that way. If you wait around to stop feeling negative, you're going to be stuck here forever. Right. I want you to be stuck here forever. I want you to identify that feeling. And it kind of goes back to that emotional intelligence, right? It's like you can identify the feeling that you have in that moment and say, I'm going to change the way that I think about this. And then, or I can just keep going with this, you know, kind of um, negative way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to end up doing some sort of coping mechanism that's going to create more problems because our coping mechanisms, defense mechanisms, oftentimes are just things that we do to try to soothe ourselves. And those behaviors, a lot of times, are not good. So when we get into those moments and we can identify, kind of circling back a little bit, how we feel. Uh, it's, not, it's not a sin to have those feelings, but it is good to identify what can I do different? How can I think about this situation different? So, Is that the same thing as like reframing? I've heard that phrase. Yeah, I would say that that definitely falls in that category of reframing. Okay. So sometimes we miss, we, we miss, um, or we exclude information to inform how we see things, right? And so being able to reframe and add information that we don't, didn't initially use to inform our core beliefs that have led to those negative feelings is important to do. So that's kind of reframe. It's kind of like expanding how we see something. So how, how do you, um, yeah, how do you expand you being... <laughs> I mean, it can be you, but um, maybe that'd be a good way to start. So if you're feeling something, how do you expand? How do you reframe? So I try to take in more information and, and sometimes give value to information that I devalue or kind okay. of, um, information that I yeah, but, right? So, um, okay, this thing exists, but it only exists because of this you know, kind of like altering that information and then in in a negative way that just continues to feed those negative feelings. Um, I'm trying to maybe think of an example to go back to this COVID thing that we started off talking about, but, you know, I'm disappointed that I can't see my friends. Um, I can still connect with them on all the social media, but it's not the same, you know, like if you're just really trying to see that negative side of it, it'll take you down a bad path. But um, anyways, that was just sort of a brief example. 
is part of it just the acknowledgement like of hey i'm feeling this way like is that i mean at least i think about myself like sometimes my information and knowledge is very very limited when it comes to feelings and emotion like i'm trying i'm learning but right. so just would would an example of more information be like oh wow i am feeling really mad like i'm really mad about this covid thing and i'm trying to be more specific um i'm frustrated i'm really frustrated that um my favorite stores are closed I, you know, trying to mm -hmm. think of something. Is that kind of what you mean, like adding information, like where you're like a self-talk to yourself? Yeah, so, yeah, self-talk would be one way to say it. And adding information would be like, um, a reframing in this case would be like, well, I'm saving a little bit of money not getting $5 coffees every day. <laughs> or like, uh, I'm spending more time with my spouse because I'm not going to you know, hang out at the coffee shop for an hour and a half or, um, you know, for me, sports are like just gone and I'm a sports fan. Right. And I thought when this happened, huge baseball fan, you can probably see my baseball calendar behind me. No Cubs games have happened this entire year. And I thought this is going to be ridiculously terrible, <clears throat> but I have come to learn that it has actually lessened the stress in my life, <laughs> left more space in my brain because I'm not checking to see the latest news. I'm not wondering who's pitching, what time the game is. And then I don't have to get home and structure my entire evening around what time the game starts. Uh, so I'm more able to just uh, spend time with my wife, be more attentive to her. And so I've noticed, well, Okay, so maybe I can not make sports the center of my universe after all. <laughs> maybe that's a little extreme, but maybe it's not. I don't know. But um, just trying to like reframe and see how some of these things that are uh, have changed for us uh, can be for the better. And you know, I'm in a very fortunate position. I want to identify this at this point, actually, too, because not everyone is in as fortunate position as I am that my work has not really changed that much. I can do, I mean, I, I still am able to work. I do it in a different format. So I still have that going on. And um, so I don't have, I don't have that kind of concern. I can still go to my office and stay distanced from my, from my few coworkers that come in. And so I don't have a ton of that sort of, uh, I don't have to like teach students at home. So I have a lot. I just want to kind of make make sure that I am I understand the kind of benefits that I have, uh, advantages that I have. Uh, so whenever I talk about like trying to see some positives, I understand that it's a lot easier than some people's cases. But mm. I still think being able to name whoever we are, whatever we're doing, it's still being able to name something that we're thankful for is possible. Yeah, that's the approach that I was. Had in mind to talk about at some point in our conversation. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned the um, not checking your phone to see um, updated news. You know, you're talking about sports, sports news. Um, one of the things that 
for me, and I'm curious if it's true with you, I'm not checking, like, I'm a huge baseball fan. I'm a Milwaukee Brewers fan. So I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> but, I thought I remember that. You're from so, up in that area. Aren't yeah, right? yeah, yeah, that's where I grew up. So I have my Brewers stuff, but it's on the other side of the room. Um, okay. I don't want to distract my guests from, you know, all our, you know, zero World Series titles. So, um, <laughs> but, um, you know, like checking the news and looking at our, phones and then for us that like you know we have kids at home they notice when we're checking our phone all the time so yeah. I'm not checking sports but I am still checking the news and my wife's still checking the news and just like the overload of mm -hmm. information oh, man, is yeah. it really and I actually feel like I'm doing okay in that like I don't I'm not on the computer like reading or on my phone just reading article after article after article um, I heard Josh, Josh Ross, the, uh, Sigmore view minister say he only allows himself to read two articles a day on the COVID-19 yeah. stuff. And I was like, man, That'd be smart. Yeah. that's, I, so yeah. What has that been like for you? Like, since you do have more time, we do, I do have, well, I don't know if I have more time, but I still look at the news. What has that been like for you? And what's the, the anxiety? And this is just normal life too but just the overload of information that we're getting. Yeah. I've been thinking some about the like uh, COVID fatigue <laughs> sort of oh, deal. Okay. Uh, you know, people, I've even considered that as far as stuff that we put out. It's like people tired of trying to get too many, like how to deal with COVID. <laughs> I don't want to say that during your podcast. I don't think you've put out as much as we, you know, no. in this position where it's like, well, do we cover this angle? And then do we cover this angle? Do we cover this angle? And I'm like, well, at what point people just want to like hear how to not be defensive in their communication with their partner. <laughs> so I've got a podcast just like totally away from COVID coming up this week uh, with another grad school friend. So we're keeping those oh, alive. Awesome. Yeah. So I think it feels much more natural to do distance interviews for me now, since I interviewed someone that lives down the street from me in the same way that I interviewed somebody who lives in Oklahoma. <laughs> that's just another kind of like it this is different than like what I'm going to do uh, later when I do therapy with someone that lives in my same town. So, right. It's just kind of an interesting side note to that. Social media, man, I've got so many like thoughts on how that impacts us in a negative way. And it seemed like there for a little while, we had like a two week period where everybody was kind of like, okay, we're in this together. Like, let's figure this out like let's let's support one another and then like slowly the political side kind of crept back in and like the divisiveness came back and then it's like oh here we are back again i uh yeah so as far as getting news i wish i would could go back to this i need to make an effort to go back to this probably but sometime a couple of years ago now probably i i went to newspaper news back to newspaper news and I just came across newspaper a couple of days and I read them and I was like, man, that was like so much more refreshing than finding my news online. I was like, what, what was it about that that made it so much easier for me to read? And it wasn't like I was just reading all good news. I mean, news has always got <laughs> some downside to it. And it was something that I figured out was that I didn't have comments below. And even if I did not read the comments, uh, like on Facebook, even if I didn't read the comments, you can still see like 
the angry face or like how many comments or in my part of the country I know if there's a ton of comments I just know what is going on down there and sometimes I decide I'm just going to set my time on fire and read a few of the comments and like total um, state of self-loathing but um but uh, reading the newspaper not having comments it's like I read this make my own kind of ideas about it don't think about or care about what anybody else says about it I'm not impacted my emotional state is not impacted by that at all this is a very peaceful um, experience and so I did that for a while and that was really kind of a nice way to get the news but I don't know something happened I just got out of that habit but just and getting I, for me the number of articles you read is less much less impactful than seeing like clicking on them from Facebook or something like that just because of the comment part of it is I guess my experience I don't know if that would translate I think it probably would yeah but oh yeah I think the the whole two article thing that Josh was talking about I think is there's value in that just because you know again it depends on where you're getting your news source but then uh, it can be a time suck um, as well so there's there's that part of it but really just going straight to whatever website you're going to go to. I'm not going to name any news sources, but just go into whatever kind of trusted website you go to for that and being informed, but not getting involved in the commenting and the arguing and the posting and all those sort of things. I've really, I've been going over that really in depth with a client of mine. I'm like, I'm like, if you just can get this part out of your life, you're going to be much happier. So we've really been going over that, like how that might happen and how she can get out of that. What are the benefits? Because it really, man, that's like being involved in social media, arguing, posting, just tears people's mental state down. So tell, yeah, tell, I'm the, the comment thing. And like you just said, how it tears people down. What, like what's going on when we see those comments? Like I almost want to know like the brain chemistry. Like what's happening? Like when we see like I just think about myself. Yeah, if I you know, fifteen years ago or twenty years ago, you know, like would read an article in the Oshkosh Northwestern about um, my high school football team and we won twenty eight to nothing, and I read the article and that's it. Now, if I go to the Oshkosh Northwestern website and I read that article, I, sh- I hope they give me some money because I'm referencing them. Um, I see, oh, I read the article, but then I see like 50 people have read this and 47 people liked it and 23 didn't. Like it does, it adds something different, mm-hmm. but like, something what is it? What is it? <laughs> I guess. Well, I think we're naturally competitive. I think that's where part of the commenting thing goes. I think also we always want to be heard. And if we have an opportunity to be heard, we're going to take it. And I have started, and I've done this a few times, and I've really started encouraging some of like this person I was talking to, to try this approach. But if you really feel like you have to, write out your response and then delete it. I think something in our brain can be satisfied if we just do that. We feel like we, we got our thing out and then, but if we don't post it, we're not going to cause all those problems. 
so that is one approach that I would give to someone who just maybe sees himself doing that a lot and then notices there's a lot of negative outcome. But um, yeah, I think there's something in us that we want to be heard. And if there's an opportunity for us to be heard, we're going to take it. Because no one surely would ever say that whenever they argue with someone on the internet, they've ever changed someone's mind. Right. I mean, right. I mean, that's, that can't be the outcome that anyone's ever going to say happens. Uh, they may get some people behind them and they feel good about other people joining their opinion. But I, I heard, uh, I heard a podcast. I can't remember what it was. I'm not going to be able to cite it, but it might've been like a Ted talk interview or something like that. Yeah. It, and it gave me an idea of a way to approach this and just to ask yourself this question, and this can apply in many areas, is, is it helpful? Um, is, it helpful? I was like, is this, is this, is this act going to be helpful for me or for someone else uh, as far as benefit in an emotionally, you know, healthy way or something along those lines? I think that really can help guide our actions a little bit better, hopefully, but is it helpful? So what are the helpful things for you? Just talking about all this stuff and I know you're giving a lot of good, good insight. I'm curious what, what's helpful for you personally? Uh, in, let's see, which part? The... I, well, just, just talking about like the, um, yeah, I guess this time where people have anxiety, just dealing with, I guess, your feelings and dealing with your emotions and what, what do you find? Um, you know, keeps you from posting all these horrible things about everybody. <laughs> <laughs> there are a couple of things that I keep in mind about this. Number one is if I want, if my name was going to be on the community, do I want people to really attribute it? Like, am I going to be divisive? I don't want, I don't want right. a certain portion of the community to automatically see me a certain way just because I feel the need to post something on social media. So I kind of think about my image <laughs> for one thing okay. uh, is kind of a is a motivator for me as someone who's you know always trying to kind of be out to serve the community and have people decide they want to be my client I don't want to provide any barriers to that so that's one kind of external motivator uh, and mm -hmm. another one is uh, you know just like I may lose out on a friendship because of this and that, this doesn't have to, to define a friendship Right. It doesn't have to define a relationship. And uh, it's just kind of like reflecting on self. And this is another one that I would say for that's hard for people, but it's it's like the number one that I would say for anything, and which is to take responsibility for self. Mm. And so right. that's part of that. Is it helpful um, in relationships? I talk about this like over and over with people but it's like how do i own this stuff myself um why is this impacting me the way that it is why do i feel the need to respond and if is responding really going to do anything uh, so you know that, that kind of thing can happen yeah across the board and that's been helpful for me is to say what what am i contribute contributing to this and what can i do different and, um, what is the emotional state that I'm experiencing in this? So, um, yeah, to, 
to take responsibility for self. I, I think that's a, I like that takeaway. Yeah. Um, yeah, if, we're, if we're in conflict with another person, our natural go-to is to look at what they're doing wrong. Right. But that's not going to get us anywhere. Hmm. If we can reflect on how we've contributed to that or how our emotional status is impacting the relationship or you know, why we respond to the, or react the way that we do, I say there's a difference in reacting and responding. Reacting is based on emotions. Response is, is based on thoughts. And hmm. So it's, you know, looking at self and saying, um, what motivated me to act that way? So I've got, I've had a conversation with you know, our grad school buddy about, or I don't know if you knew Ben Thompson or not, but oh yeah, he was kind of before, maybe before you guys, anyways. No, um, I know Ben. Okay, I was talking about defensiveness a lot. And, uh, and so part of that exploring, taking responsibility is what, why did this impact me so much? Is it because it like, push my button of insecurity that I'm not good enough, right? Or not measuring up to a standard. Um, and that's part of being more specific with the way that we feel rather than this made me angry, right? This made me feel like I'm not good enough. And this made me feel insecure. And I think being able to be more, that's kind of, again, circling back, not to be repetitive, but to that being more specific with our emotions and how that, can play out some more. But taking responsibility for self is huge. Um, trying to see all sides is big. Um, if we can only see one side, then we're going to have a lot of problems. Right? Um, it's easy to have an opinion, but hard to, to have empathy. And anyways. Man, that, that's a good tweet. You should put that out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's easy. It's easy to have opinion. It's hard to have empathy. It is. That's, uh, I mean. I have like, you know, six or seven Twitter followers and only <laughs> one that ever sees my tweets. So I don't know if it's worth the time to, to really <laughs> put it man, out there. But, that is so true, though. Um, another piece of that empathy man. in a conversation is, I'll, I won't go too far down my kind of story that I illustrate with this, but this is another one that I go over with people a lot, couples a lot, and one guy in particular, and he gets really into like the, the arguing on social media and kind of everything. He's, he's, he's got the truth and no one else knows it kind of idea. Right. Um, is that I always tell people your opinion, I'm not trying to tell you your opinion, your thoughts are unimportant, mm -hmm. but you're just telling them out of order or you're eliminating part of it. Like number one is empathizing and understanding where someone else is at or they're much people are much more likely to listen to you if they felt heard and they feel like there's a connection there and they feel like there's some loyalty to the conversation uh, and some trust uh, and some freedom to be open than if we just come in and just spout our piece without ever hearing anything. So uh, I tell people like there's an order to be had there. What, your thoughts are important, but you can only, they're only going to make any sort of impact if you've built some rapport in the relationship and that's done by empathy. And so it's. So, yeah. So things out of order, meaning, meaning I'm not listening to you, which is the first thing, right? Yeah. Just really. Yeah. So, um, a lot of times empathy is not even on the list of out of order, I guess, really. But 
uh, I would kind of way I would say it is adding empathy, I guess would be a better way to do it. Okay. The story that I use to illustrate this kind of um, points, points this out a little bit better, but I'll kind of spare the time to do this. But uh, kind of the bottom line is if we work to connect with somebody to understand where they're coming from, to try to identify that they have their own perspective before we try to just push our perspective as the only um, truth that exists, we're more likely to have a, a productive conversation with somebody. Man. I like you said that too, to be, have like productive conversations. <laughs> when I think of social media, that is not, it is unproductive conversations. Oh, is it helpful? Go back to that question. Yeah. Is it helpful? No. Is it productive? No. No, <laughs> no not really. Nope. I mean, the best we can hope for is just like sharing something positive that happened to us and someone else encouraging it. Right. And I mean, that's, that's, I think that's the social media at its best. Yes. Social media uh, at its worst is like, here's my opinion or here's some truth that you don't have that I have <laughs> and I'm yeah. smarter than you. Right. The implication, whether or they're like sometimes more explicit, I guess, but at the very least yeah. implicit. And um, that's just social media at its worst. Now for a quick commercial break. Well, man, I know you have plenty more to say and I, I could go on with questions and questions. I was just curious, like, as we kind of like wrap up, is there any big things like maybe a couple of things that you think people can do during this period of kind of social self isolation um, yeah, yeah, to take sure. care of themselves. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to say find your tribe mm. and, and be able to keep like really closely in touch with them and share how things are going on a day-to-day -day basis. Do the things that you can do without breaking social distancing rules because we want to keep everybody healthy. But find your, find your tribe that you know are, are people you can depend on for support no matter what and really lean on them during this time. And you can still feel a sense of connection the best way that you can, mm -hmm. I would say. You don't feel quite as lost. So. Um, that's, that's, what I, that's what I would say. And then also, in, in addition to that, I would say, uh, focus on things you can be thankful for. Focus on gratitude. gratitude. I started off a lot of therapy sessions through this time of being like, all right, well, let's just talk about a couple of things that you can name that you're thankful for today. Mm. It can be anything. Just Let's just kind of start off there because it can be easy to, to get into this pit of everything sucks and I'm terrible mm -hmm. these times, especially when we lack any or lack social connection the same ways that we usually do. All right. Thanks again to Justin Lewis for joining the show today. Check out his podcast, Mapping Healthy Minds, available on Apple and Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Justin Lewis, Mapping Healthy Minds. I highly recommend this podcast to study your own mental health. All right. Have a good week. Thanks for coming, Justin. Today's artwork was done by Dominique Frazier. The intro was done by Scarlet Fox. 
the music you're listening to, Josh Cleveland, and the creator and editor and producer of the Winter Faith Podcast, yours truly, Andy Frazier. Well, you did it again. You spent your time listening to my show. You probably could have spent this time playing games or binging Game of Thrones on your phone, but instead you spent it with me, so I thank you for your time. If you haven't already, downloaded and subscribed to the Winter Faith Podcast on Anchor. If you haven't already, please leave a review on iTunes with good, bad, or ugly feedback. Also, please consider supporting the show on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. However, I do accept Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, and any other way you want to contribute to the show financially. Okay, my commercials are done. Andy, out. <laughs>